Welcome to track number four of Attempt Great Things. All right, we want to begin our session by praying. We want to pray, thanking the Lord for such an opportunity to be at this camp and for hearing all the things that you are hearing and to thank him for another day like this where God has so much for us. So we want to thank him because in these meetings, our lives are being changed. Hallelujah. And uh, we need to be grateful to God for the opportunity to be in such a wonderful atmosphere. So just open your mouth and just thank the Lord and also pray in tongues if you wish to do so in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We give you all the glory. Thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. We are grateful. We honor you. Thank you for the privilege, the privilege of coming into your presence, Lord. We are grateful in the name of Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are 
are losing yourself from anything that is of the flesh. In the name of Jesus.
Your presence, your presence, oh, your 
up your hands and just ask for his presence one more time. Ask for his presence one more time. All we need today is his presence. In his presence there's fullness of joy. In his presence there are pleasures evermore. In his presence there is liberty. And the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is belong to the law. Let it be a confession. Confess it to the Lord one more time. My life is not my own.
Lord, I place them. Life is not my own. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. To you I belong. Do you believe it? I give myself, I give Sing to the Lord if you believe it. Tell him that your life is not your own. myself to you. Use me to attempt great things for you. To you I belong. To you I belong. I don't belong to the devil. I don't belong to the world. I don't belong to the systems of the world. I don't belong to the government. I don't belong to any government in the world. I belong to you. I belong to you. My life is in your hands. All my dreams all my hopes, all my plans, I place them in your hands. All I want is the Lord. Use me to attempt great things, great things. Use me to attempt great things, Lord. All my life, I've never attempted any great thing for you. But Lord, in this conference, in this camp, I am dedicating my life into your hands. I am committing my life, my future. Every part of me to your hands, Lord. And I'm calling on you, the Lord. If you can use me to attempt any great thing for you, Lord. I'm available to you. I am available to you. All I want is, Lord, your will, your purpose, your plans. Oh, yes. Take my heart.
same again. We pray that you will touch our lives. We pray that we shall receive your wisdom and your impartation. In the name of Jesus we pray. And let everybody shout Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Well, I want to welcome every one of you to today's session. I believe that today, God is going to bless us. Hallelujah. How many are ready for what God has for you today? Do you believe that God has something great for you today? How many have enjoyed what we heard last night? Amen. I believe that our lives are never going to be the same again. Hallelujah. Bishop Richard, you're welcome. (laughs) And Apostle Joel. Amen. And I believe that today something great is coming on our way. Because God is taking us from glory to glory. And I believe that we need to prepare our hearts and our minds and be ready because very soon our daddy will be in the house to continue speaking into our lives. Hallelujah. But we want to recapture what we were taught and blessed yesterday. Amen. How many are ready to attempt something great for the Lord? Listen, by the time we leave this place, your mind will be occupied with just one vision. And that vision is to attempt great things for the Lord. Hallelujah. Great things for the Lord. In the kingdom of God, anything you do, is a great thing. Even arranging chairs in the church is a great thing. Because it's the beginning of something that is yet to be seen. Hallelujah. So yesterday, Bishop told us that the history of Christianity is the history of attempting great things 
for the Lord. Hallelujah. Repeat after me. The history of Christianity is the history of attempting great things for the Lord. Say for the Lord. Many people have attempted many great things in this world, but not for the Lord. But in this meeting, we are going to attempt to do great things for the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you are going to attempt great things for the Lord. God has always been attempting great things to do on this earth. As Bishop said yesterday, and he started off by sending his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come all the way from heaven to the earth to do something great for you and for me. Amen. And so, we started reading from the book of Matthew and we discovered the different attempts that God has made in our lives just to get you to be sitting here, you know, just for your salvation. It's not easy for somebody like you to be saved. Do you understand? And also to be sitting here at this time of the day. There must be something greater has been done in your life. <laughs> I mean, for me to be standing here, I tell you, some of you have no idea who this person is. Do you understand who he was? And how God has transformed me to what I am today by the grace of God. But you could see from all the accounts of the gospel, how Jesus himself made several attempts to touch the lives of people. I mean, people who were unlearned, never been to school, fishermen, uneducated people, and he worked on them until they were able to attempt great things for the Lord. That shall be your story. Amen. The people at the back, are you part of the service? I said that that shall be your story. The people at the back. All right. So, the first thing we we discovered from the accounts of Matthew chapter 1 was that all great attempts of God involve great men and women. Hallelujah. Any great attempt that God has ever made on earth has involved many men and women. Hallelujah. When God wanted to redeem the world from, from the darkness of the world, from our sins, he needed a woman. And he chose Mary. Hallelujah. And he chose Joseph. Now, the Bible says that Mary was a virgin. Tell somebody a virgin. Virginity talks of purity. 
And so yesterday, Bishop said that if God is going to use you, or if you are ever going to attempt to do anything great for the Lord, you must be pure. You must deal with sin. Amen. Because sin is an enemy. If you allow and you entertain sin in your life, it's going to affect you. It's going to disturb you. It's not going to allow you to attempt great things for the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Mary was such a good example of somebody who lived a pure life. A virgin. Hallelujah. And I believe that, yes, a virgin. Thank you, Bishop. (laughs) And I believe that we must all aim to walk in purity because that is what is expected of us. Hallelujah. And Bishop said that we should never accept sin. Even though we may be trying and falling and all that, but you must always say in your mind that this is not right. This is not right and it's not acceptable. Amen. And rather pray for grace and strength. Do you understand? Say, oh God, help me. I need strength. Send me an angel to come and strengthen me and to come and empower me so that I don't continue in this life again. Hallelujah. So, we must always, 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 always fight against sin. The Bible says that we must lay aside the sins that so easily besets us. Everybody has a sin that so easily besets us. Wow. One day, one of my church members told me, he said, Pastor, my problem is that when I see a lady who dresses and then leaves a part of her tummy, (laughs) he said, when I see that thing, I become weak. It's a sin that so easily besets him. But thank God that God has redeemed him. He has fought it and today he's a pastor. Hallelujah. Joseph was also a just man. How many Josephs are in the house? Josephs are people who are not ready and willing to speak evil of their wives. Hallelujah. And um, people who are ready to obey God, no matter the price. I mean, he was told to stay with the wife for nine months without touching her. What a shock. There are some husbands, even three days. (laughs) One and a half, one and a half. (laughs) It is not easy. You see that there's tension in the house. Come on, clap for Joseph. Clap for Joseph. He's such a wonderful brother. (laughs) Amen. So we need to develop the spirit of self-control just like Joseph. Because if we are going to attempt to do great things for the Lord, discipline, self-control is very important. Hallelujah. Then, Bishop also taught us that All great attempts need wise men. Wise men. If you are going to attempt any great thing for the Lord, you need to be a wise man. In fact, it takes a wise person to attempt 
to do any great thing for the Lord. The Bible talks about the three wise men. They sought for the child Jesus. In fact, I mean, Bishop always said, and it's true. He said the highest form of wisdom is to serve the Lord. Is to worship God. No wonder these people walk on a journey just to meet Jesus. To see him. Amen. I see you becoming wise. Come on, our father is in the house. Bishop, you are welcome. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready for this morning session? Well, I'm also very excited because daddy is in the house and I believe that we are going to be blessed. Ida is going to sing. Epi Ida is going to sing before he comes. Put your hands together and let's welcome Lady Pastor Ida. life 
with your dew when down refreshing the dew from above I need your presence today please come and show me the way shower down your rain upon us make me more and more like Jesus Christ I need you to shower down your rain upon us Make me more and more like Jesus. Oh, please shower down your rain upon me. Make me more and more like Jesus. all about you Lord focusing on you it's all about you Lord being close enough to feel the beating of your heart and know the sound of your voice that's what it's all
heartbeat instead of mine. Till with Christ I'm crucified. Let my will be lost in yours. Till I cling to that rugged Hallelujah. Hebrews, let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tell somebody, attempt great things for God. You may be seated. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnestly to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Amen. Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So when we talk about attempting great things for God, I'm not talking about building a university. When I talk about attempting great things for God, I'm not talking about the greatness of building a hospital or the greatness of providing drinking water to villages in Africa. I'm not talking about providing bread and meat for people who are hungry. I'm talking about the great salvation. Because salvation is very great. To be saved is a great thing. You may not know. It's a great thing to be saved. And it's a great thing to serve the Lord. And it's a very wonderful, amazing miracle for somebody like you to be sitting here today. 
I can tell you it's more difficult for you to be saved than to build a university. Yeah. You know, some years ago I went for a crusade and uh, when I finished the crusade, I went, we went out to sit down to have, just have a drink to relax a bit for five minutes before going back to where we were all living. And uh, it happened that we were by a, a disco, a club, nightclub. And that nightclub, just as we were coming to the cars, some guy came out of the club. I don't know whether he was high on drugs or kind of person with rings and things all over him. And, and one of my pastors who was with me told me that this door, he used to come out of this door every night. Yes. Because, and also when I saw the guy, I was wondering what can lead to this man's salvation. How can he be saved? It looks so impossible. You can't even talk to him. It was about 2, 3 a.m. And he's coming out of this nightclub. And you just look and you wonder what can lead to his salvation. It's very, very, very difficult for somebody to be saved. You may not know. Because you are in the church, you think that it's natural to be saved. It's not, it's not natural. Yeah. It's, it's more difficult for somebody to be saved than to build a university. Yeah. Far, it's a far greater work to, for the souls of men to be saved. If, if, it was, if it was easier, Jesus would have just come into this world and built universities and hospitals and schools and what have you. But he came to seek and to save that which was lost. It's not easy for me to be here today. It's a miracle. In, in, in my country, in Ghana, People who have half black, half white, we are called half caste. What do you call it here? Mixed. Mixed? Mixed breed. Forgive. You are forgiven. <laughs> okay. I don't care what you call me, but I tell you, my type of person was difficult to be saved. Very, very difficult. It's a great thing. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So, when I talk about attempting great, attempt great things for God, it, it, it is to attempt to bring salvation to people. Now, Jesus Christ was the first person who was sent to save us. And he made a great attempt. And it is his attempt we are looking at now. And his attempt involved so much maneuvering. Getting a Joseph, a good man, To marry a virgin. Now, if, if it was supposed to happen in Jamaica, to find a Joseph would be a problem. To find a virgin would be another problem. True or not true? To find wise men in Jamaica. 
three wise men who will recognize the Son of God in a stable in Jamaica and say, This is He. Wow. It's difficult. It's very difficult. To get angels to move around in the system. Huh? <laughs> Convincing the Josephs with dreams. Go here, go here, go here. Mary, Mary would have Mary could have said, Mary could have said, I'm tired of this traveling. Since I knew you every day, today here, tomorrow here, tomorrow here, tomorrow here, tomorrow here. You just have to have a difficult woman. And that would be it. It's true. William, William Carey, one of the famous missionaries who went to India. His wife, first of all, when he was, he was so famous. In fact, when he died, he was recognized by the British government and so on for the work that he did in India. He never came back to England when he went. He, he, he sat on the boat and that was it. He never, he died there. But when he was going to go, right, people, Christians didn't believe in what he was doing. So he, he wrote a book. And the book that he wrote was entitled Obligations of Christians. For the conversion of the heathen. No, obligations of Christians to use means for the conversion of the heathen. Obligations. Everybody say obligations. Obligations. He was explaining that it is the obligation of current Christians to use whatever means is available to them to Convert the heathen of the world. Yeah. He had to write a book. And he published it. It is William Carey who said, attempt great things for God. Yeah. Yes. He said, attempt great things for God. And expect great things for God. Hallelujah. And he had to write it because in, at that time, the Christians believed that go ye into all the world had been fulfilled by the apostles. They have gone to the whole world and fulfilled the great commission. Yes. You see, every generation thinks it has been done. That is it. Every generation feels some strange person who can't get married or is an outcast in society or has a problem in society, has to go there, out there, and do this thing. And so there's always some people who have to rise up and remind the people that we have an obligation in our generation. You may say Jamaica has got a lot of churches, but you wait and see. You sit down and don't do what you have to do. Watch and see. In 20 years... They will start doing a census to dis- discuss the Christianity of Jamaica. 
and you, they will start to tell you that, oh, it's now Christianity is only 60%. And in 20 years, you see, they'll say it's only 50-50. And then in some years, you say it's 30-70. Until they tell you that it's not a Christian country. As has happened in Sierra Leone. When we went to Sierra Leone, we were informed that this is a, this is a Muslim nation. 90-something percent. They are not Christians. Every country, Senegal, Guinea, 99, 99%. We go to a place, a country, a city with a lot of people. We have a pastor's conference and they put two benches and there are three people are sitting on it. That's the only, there's no, only one church or no church in the whole town. I'm telling you, it's what I've seen. I've driven through the length and breadth. Every country, Mali, Niger, Senegal, Sierra Leone, Liberia, everywhere. Because the current Christians have forsaken their obligations. I'm telling you. And have left set aside what their work is. And they all feel that somebody else will do it. And you see me, somebody like me, as an extremist. I'm seen as an extremist. Somebody said that he, he traveled for eight years and came back and said that I find you more radicalized than, than you were before. Why are you like that? Do you want everybody to be a pastor? Yes. Listen to me. We are forsaking our duties to go into all the world. Why should you dare to even pray if you say that this instruction was for the old Christ, uh, apostles. Then never, never, never say whatsoever you ask the Father, He will answer. Because He will not answer. That was for the old apostles. It was given to them to ask for prayers. You don't have to expect any prayer. Your prayers will not be answered. Just as your obligations and your duties are not done, your prayers will also not be answered. And it's happening. Yeah. So. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ came along to attempt. And William Carey, I was telling you, when he decided to go to India, do you know how long it took to go to India? About five to six months on the ship. And many of the ships wouldn't get there. Yeah. You sit on a ship and it doesn't get there. It will be overturned in a storm, whatever. They have to go around. Whilst William Carey was going to India, at a certain age, the Suez Canal was opened. The Suez Canal was built and opened. And when it was opened, it shortened the time to one month. And so he was able to come from India home and back and a number of times before he died. Uh, yeah, is this William Carey? Yeah, whoever, one of them. It was shortened. I'm mixing up with Hudson Taylor, sorry. Hudson Taylor is the one who was able to go to China and come back with, during his time that the Suez Canal was open. He went to China and he kept mobilizing. He wanted 1,000 missionaries for China. Hudson Taylor. From William Carey, when he went, he never came back. Yeah. Now, Christianity is boring when you don't obey God. 
It's very boring. It's about always praying for mortgage, praying for a job, praying for a husband, coming for counseling, praying for a wife. I mean, having discussions, get-togethers, little celebrations, little quick messages. It's very boring type of Christianity. You may not know. Always fighting sin. Always fighting to stop doing this and stop doing that. I don't want to do this anymore. Don't. Your whole life is trying to not do things. When your whole life should be trying to do things. Attempting to do great things for God. When you attempt to do great things, you even forget that you have genitals. You forget about them. Because you, your mind is up there. Are you there? How shall we escape if we neglect a great salvation? Salvation is what is great. First Samuel chapter 14. Therefore Saul said unto the Lord God of Israel, verse 41, Give a perfect lot. And Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. And Saul said, Cast lot between me and Jonathan, my son. And Jonathan was taken. And Saul said to Jonathan, verse 43, Tell me what you have done. And Jonathan told him and said, I did but taste a little honey with the end of the rod that was in mine hand. And lo, I must die. And Saul said, God do so and more also, for thou shalt surely die, Jonathan. And the people said unto Saul, shall Jonathan die? Who has wrought this great salvation in Israel? God forbid. As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground. For he hath wrought with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan, that he died not. Hallelujah. You see in this story, that Saul, Jonathan made a little mistake. He tasted a bit of honey. But he had been a great fighter and wrought a great salvation for Israel. And God, and they said, no, you can't die. Because you brought a great salvation to the people of God. When God uses you to bring a great salvation, you are exempted from the punishment that you deserve because you've tasted a little bit of honey. Hey, how many have tasted a little bit of something you shouldn't have tasted? Small honey. Honey, honey. Wow. A little bit of honey. And they wanted to kill him. His father said, you will die. Because I'm a man of principle. And he said, the people said, how? A great salvation has been wrought in St. Thomas, in St. Kitts, in Cuba, through this lady, through this brother. Why should he die? He will never die. Whatever is going to kill you quicker than you're supposed to die, I decree that it will have no power to kill you. Because you will attempt great things for God. Amen. Amen. 
So my dear friends, let us get ourselves involved in this great salvation. Okay, and you can see Jesus coming was not easy. When you come and you give us your report, you say, oh, there were challenges. Oh, there were problems. Oh, I saw this. It doesn't work. The, the problem of finding a Joseph. I'm sure it does what even delayed the coming of Christ a bit. Finding a Joseph. Finding a Mary. Hey. Finding wise men. <laughs> Organizing them. Angels, dreams. People who believe in dreams. People who obey when they are told, so go to Egypt, you go. Go here. Everywhere you obey. Wow. You will be an obedient child. Amen. Now, Jesus himself has come on the scene. And Matthew chapter 4, we see the entrance of Jesus in his great mission. And what does his mission start with? His mission starts with an, a meeting with the devil. Huh? A meeting with the devil. Actually, I prefer to go to Luke chapter 4. You remember that Jesus was baptized. He was about 30 years old. Amen. 30 years old. And he was baptized. Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Jesus began to himself be about 30 years of age. Being as was supposed, the son of Joseph. Once you hit 30, huh? That is your age of ministry. Amen. Wow. By 30, I tell you, that is the time you must start your ministry. You should have started before. How many are not 30? You are not yet 30 years old. Wow, I'm so glad you are here. We have enough to prepare you. From 50 onward, it's bonus. It's extra time. For pastors. Yeah. What you have intended to achieve for God by 50... The Bible says a Levite works from the age of 30 to 50. So those who are planning to work for God when you are retired. I don't know what you are waiting for. Don't give it as an excuse. People's lives don't wait for you to grow up and to get all the things you want to have. If David had waited 10 years. And he was now coming to Jamaica to come and start. I don't know where some of you will be. Huh? You owe him your life, some of you. Your salvation. Hallelujah. So when you go on your mission, expect the first person to meet is the devil. Luke chapter 4, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan 
and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you must expect the Holy Spirit to lead you. Now, the wisdom of God does not go according to logic. And the Holy Spirit's guidance is here to lead him not to a good city or a good town with good accommodation and good jobs, but to a wilderness. Can you be led by the Spirit? It's a question I often ask people. Can you be led by the Spirit? Or is it impossible for you to be led by the Spirit? You understand when I say, can you be led by the Spirit? Like, if the Spirit was to lead you, would you follow him? Most Christians follow the Holy Spirit when he's saying something they like to hear. If you like to hear it, the Holy Spirit says, oh, marry this guy. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Marry this girl. Wow, Jesus. Lord, I don't want to obey you. But I'm thinking about it. But when he tells you to go somewhere that is against your own life, against your personal doing well, yeah, then you see that you can be led by the Spirit. Many people cannot be led by the Spirit. And because of that, Romans 8.14 does not happen to them. Romans 8.14, what does it say? Romans 8.14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you want to be elevated into a supernatural realm of living, the realm we call the Son of a Son of God, then you need to be led by the Spirit and not by calculations. What is the Son of God? One time I was in a foreign country. I don't want to mention the name of the country, but the the country's name begins with a T. And the head of state, the president's son, came by in a car. And they pointed out, that's the president's son. That car, there is only, he is the only one who has such a car in this country. I said, wow. He's a special guy. Many countries, I remember one country whose name begins with an A. The president's son. He owns so many things. He owns the telephone companies. He owns this. He's a multi-millionaire. He goes to places. He buys. uh, He has his private jet. Travels to Brazil. Comes back. Goes here. Does everything. You see them. Their life is above normal. in, in, In certain countries. Wow, even in America, where they look like everything is democratic, through the same channels that they've created, the relatives of people are always special. Are you there? Do you want to be special? Your life will be lifted to a supernatural, above a normal Jamaican. Yes. My life I live is above a normal, it's not a normal Ghanaian's life. A normal Ghanaian doesn't fly to London, then to Miami, then to Kingston, then to Guyana, then to Miami, then back to uh, 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 London, then to Munich, and to here, and to here, and to Indonesia, and Korea. A normal Ghanaian doesn't have such a life. 
a normal doctor. Because my life is, I'm not being led by calculations. Many years ago when I became a doctor and I started working, I was earning in our currency 20,000. Uh, 20, how much was that? Now, do you, can you remember how much you earned? Yes, it was about $70, I think. $70, that was when it was increased. <laughs> something like that. I, 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 I don't remember, it was something like that. Yes, $40 and it was increased to like $70. At that time, yeah. But the, but the doctors in America, they earn thousands. I don't want to ask them how much there are some of them here. They earn thousands of dollars every month. Yeah. Some of them earn 10000 20000 $25,000 a month. So by calculation, from $40 a month, to $20,000 a month by calculation. The direction is clear. <laughs> what I should do. I don't, need, I don't need to be even in class three to know which direction to go. Is it not true? If I can go there, I should go there. If it's money that I'm looking for, if it's prosperity that I want, no one, I don't need a dream, I don't need a vision. But one day, I, ha- I heard and listened to the word of God where he said to me, First Timothy 4, I think verse 14, 15, give thyself holy. Give thyself holy. Give thyself holy. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself holy. God spoke to me in the morning. I was lying on my carpet in my father's hotel room, room 14. I was on the floor. And he said to me, give yourself wholly to the ministry. Give yourself wholly. Jesus Christ was led to the wilderness. What was the ministry at that time? The ministry was a group of students. Not even one person was prosperous enough to buy a car or own a car, an old car. Everybody was a child. And God said to me, give yourself to this work where there is nothing. That is why I started by asking, can you be led by the Spirit? And that's why I wrote the book, The Art of Hearing. Can, can you hear him? And if he leads you to the wilderness, will you go? When you can be led by the Spirit, you, you change from a normal person to a supernormal person. Yes, it's called the Son of God. You, you become a Son of God. Like your life is elevated into a supernatural dimension and realm. And you don't experience normal things anymore. 
supernormal life, a higher dimension of life and living on this earth. As a normal doctor, I shouldn't meet presidents. I shouldn't see them. I have no basis to see them. Are you listening to me? Yes. yes. I have no reason. No, I don't, they, they have no reason to, to, to meet me. Once I went to a president's house, he said, he said to, what, to what do I owe this honor this, this evening? Yeah. To what do I owe this honor this evening? Yes. No, a normal doctor wouldn't have such uh, interactions. You'll be in consulting room one or consulting room two. So I am, I am encouraging you as a young person to be able to follow the Holy Spirit. Your life goes up from a normal Jamaican into a supernormal. It says as many as are led. Look at it. By the Spirit. Like if the Spirit can lead you, then you are a son of God. But if not, you are a son of, what's your father's name? Queen. You are son of Queen. And you are son of Danny. And you are daughter of Danny and daughter of Queen. Wayne. Wayne. And daughter of, daughter of who? Ernest. Mrs. Ernest. And daughter of who? Neville. Daughter of Neville. And daughter of who? Lloyd. Daughter of Lloyd. And daughter of who? Melford. Oh, you could have been a daughter of God. Daughter of Melford, daughter of Neville. It's not powerful. Daughter of Lloyd, daughter of Melville. You said daughter of who? Ernest. Daughter of Ernest. Who is Ernest? I mean, it, it cannot be as powerful as Jesus. Do you think Ernest is as powerful as Jesus? Who is Ernest? Daughter of Ernest. Ah. Who is Ernest? You are going to change status. Beginning from this month, you are changing your levels. Yeah. Yeah. My level has changed. Not by the school that I went to or my father's house or my father's name. But by being able to follow the spirit, if you are to attempt great things for God, well, it is God's work. Do what he says. You can never flourish in, the, in any work when the, some, the person whose work it is is telling you what to do. You don't do it. It will not work well for you. It will not work well. And this is one of the greatest scriptures. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit straight into the wilderness. A wilderness, not into town. Not into the to downtown or uptown. He was led to the wilderness of Jamaica. You don't like the wilderness, but there are other religions who like the wilderness of Jamaica. They are going there. They are starting to build their whatever. Whilst Christians cannot be led by the Spirit, but are led only by calculations. And led by money. And led by logical decisions. A a Christian must be led by the Holy Spirit. Look, this is the great gift that we have from God, the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, let let me tell you something. Wisdom, 
comes from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit makes you wise. And wise is how you think. How do you think? That's why the Bible says, when a man that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, or the way he thinks has failed him. It fails him. And he announces to everybody that he is a fool. Because your wisdom is guiding you. So the Holy Spirit is the bringer of spiritual wisdom. Wisdom from God. And tells you what to do. The spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. Jesus said when he comes, he would show you what to do. Even when Jesus went away, the disciples were so sad, he he came and he appeared, started appearing to different groups. And he told them the promise of the Father. It's like this great promise of the Father to give you the mighty Holy Spirit. This is what you should expect now. And when he comes, the mighty Holy Spirit is going to start influencing you. It's going to start teaching you and guiding you. This is the first great effect. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of counsel. Advice. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What is the best thing to do? What is the best thing to do? Advice. That is how a person becomes wise. Through thy word, through the scriptures, thou hast made me wise. You have become wise, 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. From a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise. The word of God makes you wise. Wise. Now, why does the word of God make you wise? Because the next verse tells us, the very next verse tells us that all scripture, all the scripture, okay, is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration. You see, the words that have been written are not ordinary words. They are inspired words. They are words that have been stirred up by God, by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1 verse 20. 2 Peter 1 verse 20. 2 Peter 1 verse 20. Knowing this, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And verse 21. But... But for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. You see, the scriptures did not come by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the movement of the Holy Spirit in a person caused those words to come forth. That is why they are not ordinary words. That's why they give rise to wisdom. Because they are moved, words that are moved by the mighty, mighty Holy Spirit. That's the great gift you can be given. It's the Holy Spirit. As soon as he comes, he must take over your life. He must take over your decisions. He must take over everything about you and start moving you around. Whether to a wilderness, whether to the city, whether to wherever, the Holy Ghost must take over your whole life. 
and start moving you and influencing you. People don't know the effect of the Holy Spirit. He's he's, he's 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 the one who inspires you. And the words, they are inspired words. To be inspired means to be aroused. Your mind is aroused by the Spirit. That, that's, why I said, that's, why, that's why certain things can never come to you. Certain ideas will never come to you except the Holy Spirit. That's why sometimes when you listen to preachers, how did this man get this wisdom? Whence has this man this wisdom? What, 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 and these mighty works. What wisdom is this? Like, why did he get all this way of thinking? When he reads the Bible, he thinks, he sees this, he shares this with us. Where are these things from? It's the presence of the Spirit. It's, it's, it is to arouse the mind. Inspire is given by inspiration of God or inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The people, the, the, their minds are aroused and influenced. It means to arouse the mind and to influence the mind by the Spirit. So certain things come to you and your mind is aroused by the Spirit or aroused or influenced or moved by the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. So when you come to God and you start walking with the Holy, with God, you, 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 are, you have to be now aroused by the Spirit and not by evil spirits. Fear is an evil spirit. People don't work for God because of fear. I was afraid and I hate myself. I was afraid and I hate myself. Fear is a demon. Many are moved by demons. So the person is moving as he's turning right. This is the ministry. He turns right. It's demon that is leading him. And when a demon leads you, you cannot expect to get to a place where you will prosper. <laughs> yeah. Will you, will you, be, will you prosper? People, people, people look at me. I, sometimes I even, I even have to, I even have to conceal my prosperity, because it's like, how, how can I, how can, how can I, I, I don't preach about prosperity. I don't, I don't, I don't. I, it's not something that I believe Christians should spend much time preaching about. And when a demon is leading you, it will lead you to poverty. And many people have been led by demons straight to hit their head on the wall. Pow! Very wicked. And meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is leading you to prosperity. Because your mind is influenced or aroused by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. You know, when God blessed me in the ministry and made me not to borrow money, it was the mind, because I have, I have not read any financial book. I don't, I, no one ever told me not to borrow money. My father borrowed money when he was alive. My earthly father, it was something that he did. It was not somebody who, who didn't borrow money if he needed to. It wasn't something I was taught. But then I pointed my, I, I started to dislike it. I don't even know, one, one time somebody was t- talking to me about mortgaging. And I don't know how my mind was influenced for many years was influenced against such things. I don't even know where it came from. Today, today, 
most of the people who would have supported the ministry or even worked for God cannot only because of one single thing. If the debts they owe, the mortgages they have, which have tied them, and many of them will die before the, those debts are over. They will die with it. They will never be free from it. I'm not cursing anybody, but just even the normal statistical trend, you, you see where it's going to get. Calculate it and see. So how come my mind was influenced? Where did I get it from? I can't even put my finger on any day or point. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't find, I, I didn't even know. Recently I met some businessmen in my church and I was telling them, I was asking them whether I should have a conference. And I said, oh, about me, I know when I speak they will not listen to what I'm saying. They said, oh, they said, oh, we will listen. I said, oh, but people haven't listened. All that I said, they didn't listen. People didn't follow what I said. In fact, sometimes I'll have a meeting. When I leave, they immediately go and do the exact opposite of what I said. I know. And they said, we, 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 we will listen. We have seen that it is true. I said, wow. People don't listen. Jesus said to, Jesus said to the guys on the road to Emmaus, oh, slow to believe. Slow to believe. But when the spirit of God comes upon you, the Bible says he will make you of quick understanding. Understand it quickly. It's important the time that you understand the issues. Because everybody here is living with a clock, a watch, a time piece that is dictating so many things. What wisdom is this? Listen to me, my friend. That's why I tell you the mighty Holy Spirit is the giver of everything that we need. Look, if you like, read Psalm, Psalm 23. It is the champion prosperity scripture. You, you, can, you can't get any better scripture. And it outlines the basis for all prosperity. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I mean, it's like this, a covering statement. I will never be in need. Never. Why? Because of the first thing, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my guide. My keeper is the one leading me. Some of us are not led by that. We are not led by the shepherd. We are not led by the Lord. So when you are not led by the Lord, you can't expect to say, I shall not want. You should rather say, I shall want. The devil is my shepherd. I shall be wanting. I shall be in need. Fear is my shepherd. I shall want. I shall be in need. Depression is my shepherd. I shall want. I shall need. Fear and disobedience, my shepherd. I shall want, I shall need, I shall always lack, I shall always be in need till I die. I've never, listen, never. Recently, I met some businessmen. I was asking them whether I should talk about it. Then they said, then some of them started to close. They said, excuse me, we want to tell you something. I said, what do you, what do you say? Look, the richest people in the world don't believe in borrowing. I said, really? I've never heard of course. I don't read these things. I don't read. I don't read Bill Clinton's biography, President Bush's biography, uh, Bill Gates' biography, and uh, uh, what is that? Uh, Steve Jobs' biography. I don't read all these things. I don't know what they are saying. And he said to me, Warren Bar- Buffett, the richest—they don't owe anybody. They don't owe. And then one of them said, they, I think Warren Buffett or one of these richest people said that it's only a moron, a moron. So I, I, I went to check. I, I didn't know what it meant, moron. I mean, I heard moron, but I wanted to check. Check moron and see what it is. It says, it says a notably stupid person. Check, 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 check moron in your dictionary. You must have a dictionary on your iPad. 
Mental retardation, a moron. And what else? That's, that's just one. A very stupid person. Uh-huh. A person lacking in good judgment. This is Warren, Warren Buffett. Those of you who are into secular wisdom, all that you are doing is reading ideas. I'm not talking about that wisdom. I'm talking about the wisdom that is from above. Not this, this thing, but anyway. So, occasionally you see, you hear what they say. What did he say? What is moron? Moron is what? You don't have dictionary. Notably stupid would borrow money to do business. That's what he said. Only a moron would borrow money to do business. And he said, and he gave the reason. He said, because in business, the only thing that you are sure of when you borrow money is your monthly payments to the bank. For that one, you will be sure you will pay it. As to whether you will even earn $1 from the business you are going in to do, you can never be sure. But for sure, you will pay the bank. Yeah. Do you understand? It's like the bank there, they will never compromise. You better bring their money. So I went to check what is moral. I thought maybe moral is a good thing. or I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I said, really? Really? So it means all that I've been, all that I've been sharing and talking about is, is, is very high wisdom. It doesn't come from these, 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 these things. I don't read all those things. It's like God put it in my mind, in my heart, that this don't be a borrower to do church, to build things, to buy cars, to have things. Don't borrow. If you don't have it, just stop it. You don't have, you don't have. Only a moron, notably stupid, borderline intelligence, and what? Blockhead. Airhead. Yeah. Wow. You see, maybe I should I shouldn't use the Bible. Maybe I shouldn't use the Bible. I should rather use these people. Because maybe those are the people that you respect. Those are the people that you believe. When I mention Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and what have you, that's what you make you obey. But when you hear the word of God say, Oh no man, anything that one, oh Bishop, you don't live in America. You are this. I heard Bishop Oedipo saying it, the same thing. Bishop, that's what he even charged me. I said, hey, he said that you tell me that I'm not a businessman. I don't know what I'm talking about. You can never do business without borrowing money. Bishop, that's the exact words. Exact words. He said, you, you tell me that. So you say whatever. He has built two universities. No borrowing. He said, he has no sweat. You tell me I'm not in, I'm not in, I don't live in America, so I don't know. I don't live in England, so I don't know. I don't live in Jamaica, I don't know. Your math. Uh, Warren Buffett will come and give you lectures. Maybe you should invite him to your church to preach to you. But he's the one that you want to receive from. He can do a series of teachings for you. Yeah. When the wisdom comes from above, the Bible says, he that is above is above everything. John 3.31. That means that the wisdom that is from above is above all types of wisdom. Because it's from above, it's above. He that is from above is above all. So above every kind of wisdom, every kind of idea. Because what is from above is above all. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. 
The Holy Spirit guide you to a wilderness. If so be the case, you want me to be in this wilderness, Lord, no problem. I'll be here. I will be here. I will be here. I will be here. I will be where you want me to be. And no other voice should interfere with when God tells you. William Carey, he said he was going. His wife said, I am not going. His wife said, I will not go. (laughs) His wife said, I will not go to India. And his going was delayed by about a year. And eventually, her sister, the wife's sister, agreed, told that, look, you have to be with your husband. You have to go with your husband on this mission. We cannot let him go and you be here. So the sister said, okay, I will go with you to assist, to just be with you and to help you. And then the wife agreed. What a sister. Yeah. And the sister, when she got to India, God blessed her with a wonderful husband. Yes. Somebody saw her as soon as she arrived in India. Wow. Supernatural. You are going to move in the higher realm of supernatural wisdom. Believe in supernatural wisdom. We are not having a seminar. I'm not here to teach you logical things. Don't, don't, don't. Your life will be super normal. Yes. Super normal. Yes. As you attempt great things for God. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. So the Spirit moved his mind. Influenced him to be interested in the wilderness. To go to the wilderness. Wilderness is it's time for wilderness now. And he went to the wilderness. Don't set aside the Holy Spirit. When you set aside the Holy Spirit, if I set aside the Holy Spirit, I'll set aside my life. I've set aside my prosperity. I mean, I've set aside everything. There's nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. I mean, where would I be? Where would I be? If I wouldn't follow the Holy Spirit, where would I be if he didn't guide me? When things come to my mind, I assume the first person who's putting them in my mind is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I analyze and say, is it fearful? That's always it's fearful, it's demonic. Is it because of fear? Is it because of this? I have to analyze what kind of thought it is that is coming into my mind. What kind of thought is this that is coming into my mind? Yes. Try to follow the mighty Holy Spirit. Be led by the Spirit and develop yourself in the art of hearing so that you lift yourself up to a supernatural way of living. When you do, your life will not be an ordinary life. Everybody will say, this person is a child of God. He's a son of God. He's a little different from everybody else. Try. Try. Be led by the Spirit in everything, in marriage. You cannot, when the Bible says submit, wife, submit to your husband. Look, it is absolute nonsense when you consider certain men and their behavior. It's, 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 it's absurdity. But that's not, that is your, that's your thinking. What about the word of God? The word of God is supernatural. And you'll find people who have learned to submit, they have a different life. 
from you who have been using your own wisdom. That is why you are alone. That is why you are lonely. Because your own wisdom leads you down. The wisdom of God leads you up. It makes you a daughter of God. It makes you a child of God. It makes you a higher person in the city. I'm sure your president, even his children are more special than ordinary children. Yeah. Many, many countries, when the president is not the president, his child will go to an ordinary school. When he becomes a president, you see that they go to school in America, they go to school here, they are paid for this and that. Because it's lifted to the level of the child or the son of the, of the highest person. As many as are led by the Spirit. You 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 are led by the Spirit. What is the last town in Jamaica? At the other side of the island? Huh? West Moreland. West Moreland. So from West Moreland to where is the other end? St. Thomas. It's also here. St. Thomas. St. Thomas to West Moreland. How far? How many miles? How many kilometers? Five hours? But you don't know how many kilometers it is. What is the hope? Listen, yesterday, yesterday I saw something in Kingston. I don't know where, where it was, but we were driving. And I saw goats. You have a lot of goats here. Yeah. What is the hope of a goat which is trying to walk from Westmoreland to St. Thomas? Do you, will, will he get there? I mean, the goat has decided to walk by himself from Westmoreland to St. Thomas. Do you think he will get there? It's going, what's going to happen to him? Curry chicken. Curry goat. Curry goat. For sure, somebody's curry goat. Because he is not being led by his shepherd. He's trying on his own to move. And the Bible calls a sheep. What is the hope of a, a human being trying to walk through this life without being led by a rope, by the Holy Spirit? You have no hope. Your life is just going to be one big crying, crying, sad mess. I'm telling you. That is why you have to welcome the mighty Holy Spirit as the mighty force, the mighty influencer of your mind, the motivator and the mover of your thinking into a certain dimension. You need it. You need it. The art of, people ask me, you know, I, I have the, what is the most important book? What is this? What is, I say, most important to me, to be a Christian, the most important thing is the art of being, the art of hearing. The art of hearing the Holy Spirit is number one. Because if the Holy Spirit will tell you to read a book. The Holy Spirit will tell you give an offering. The Holy Spirit will tell you go to church. The Holy Spirit will tell you pray. When you can hear him, you will be led. And without him, there is no hope. You will be led by the Holy Spirit from today. 
Whatever keeps you from hearing the voice of God is cancelled today in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. Mighty Holy Spirit. Mighty Holy Spirit. Some of you have been moved by the bitterness of your mothers. Your mother was bitter from her experience with her husband and with this boy and with this man and she spoke to you out of the spirit of bitterness. So you have actually been guided in your current behavior by a evil spirit of bitterness not the Holy Spirit at all. So you come to church and you hear the spirit of God speaking to you through the pastor, through the word of God and that is telling you forgive, let it go by, learn to be humble forget about your pride. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and he's trying to lead you to a different higher life. That is why you have to be careful. Always ask yourself, which one is the Holy Spirit? Is he, is he speaking? Is he speaking? Is he guiding? Is he guiding? Is he guiding? And I tell you, the number one mission of the Holy Spirit is to make us into soul winners. When the Holy Spirit comes, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit descended, 3,000 people were converted immediately. Like, he, as soon as he landed on earth, like with the parachute. When he landed with the parachute and he came, Oh, 3,000 people got saved. And he influenced the children of God to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit in the church. When the Holy Spirit comes into our midst, you'll be hearing such things. Attempt to go out. Attempt to go. That's the Holy, that's the voice of the Spirit. It's not the voice of the world. Try to get more money. Try to have a good life. Try to have a happy life. A better life today. A better life tomorrow. A better prosperity. That is, that is, that is also nice. But the voice of the Holy Spirit. Ha! Ah, he will be telling you, you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall become witnesses. You start to talk about me. You start to be led by me. You start to talk to me. Jerusalem, you are interested in Judea. You are interested in Samaria. You are interested in the uttermost parts of the earth. What do you think made me send a David here? What do you think made me send him here? Do, do you think there's something I'm getting from Jamaica? <laughs> what, what am I going to get here? I can't selfish. <laughs> wow. You will never turn into a carry goat. Stand up and tell somebody, watch me. Watch me. me. I am following the Holy Ghost. I am not following bitterness. Fear. Wickedness. I'm following the Spirit. Yes. And look at it. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you become my witnesses. That's the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look. Look at the Christian church today. All that, all that they do, fighting gay marriage, fighting homosexual, fighting. Are you, are, you, are you a social organization? Can you change the trends of the world? 
And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. You shall fight gay marriage. You shall fight in court. You shall fight abortion. You shall fight. That's all the church has been reduced to. A social organization fighting social evils. Oh. When you talk about Christianity, most of this place, it's just a, <laughs> fighting this social evil. When the mighty Holy Spirit comes, I look, anything that I'm saying that is not in the Bible, eh? just defecate on it. Don't, don't waste your time. I am just, a, I'm just, I'm nothing. But if you can see it in the, in the word of God, then take it. Don't, don't worry about me. I'm, I'm not offended. But if you can see it in this thing, better follow it. What will happen when the Holy Spirit comes into a group of people? They will be witness. They will concern themselves with Jerusalem. Not only Jerusalem. Not only Jerusalem. Judea. Do you know how far Ghana is from here? I left Ghana to come to Jamaica. I left at 10.40, about 11 p.m. I flew six hours to London. I waited three hours. Then I flew nine hours to Miami. I waited three hours. And I flew almost two hours here. Count it. 25 hours. Yeah, just to be here. When in my country, in my country, I'm already, I'm already important. I've been important for some years. I don't have to come here. I don't have to come here. There's nothing I'm going to get from, but that is not what we are trying to, we are not trying to get things. We are trying, we are trying to allow ourselves to be influenced by the Holy Spirit and to be led by the Holy Spirit. So when I stand here and I'm talking to you about St. Kitts and St. Thomas and Cuba and Haiti and other places which you don't care about, let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit is on you, you will start to care about that one also. Yes. People don't care about anything once they can't see it. If it's far away, I don't care. Go to hell. I'm not God. I didn't cause your problems. But that's not how I think. I've never thought that way. I can, do you know that I can pray and start crying in my, alone, when I'm alone? I'll be praying for Guinea and in Liberia and towns. And I'll start crying. And just, and the Holy Spirit makes me cry. It's the burden of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit. But I don't know anybody there. I don't, I don't have, I don't know anyone there. I'm, I'm just begging for the people and God is the one who's begging like he sent his son. He's, he's trying, he, God is trying to save people. I tell you before, it's all, all over. Yes, the mighty Holy Spirit influence arouses your mind. It, it influences, if you check the dictionary, it says, inspire me to arouse the mind or influence the mind. Inspire, that's what it means. And we say the scripture is given by inspiration. Like these holy words, they are given, but they were aroused. The mind was aroused to write these things. I'm telling you. Let us, let us accept what is the Holy Spirit and the spirit of the world. Apostasy sets in as soon as the Holy Spirit, soul winning is not there missions, and all these things. It's not from a zealous stranger. It's the mighty Holy Spirit who brings this thing up time and time and time again. 
Please, people of Jamaica, if you want the Holy Spirit, and you see the Holy Spirit, what is money? Oh, why money? If I have not money, do you think I can, I, I can come here? Do you know what it cost me to come here? Do you know what it cost me to come here? Do you think you are the one paying for me to be here? Even the food that I eat in the hotel, I take money and pay. Here, here in Kingston. Do you think I, I, I've come here to get something? I'm coming here to help you. To, to, to accept that God wants to guide you and bless you. And when you follow him, you see, it's mysterious. I, I can understand you when, when, you don't, when you don't believe. Because the Holy Spirit's wisdom is hidden. When you say, ah, that's, God has been concerned about so make you prosperous. Well, it has made me prosperous. It's hidden. How does, how, how does being concerned about the poorest part of the world and souls and are forgotten people? Forgotten. You can ask David. He came with me to a crusade in, in Liberia. Far, far away. We, we had no light. <laughs> no light, no water. Yeah. 14 hours driving to, through that sun, just sun. Like 14 hours. Fourteen hours. Why? Where we come from, we are already important at that place. We are not looking for importance or even publicity or even news. We don't care. The president of Liberia, his wife, former president's wife, he said, she said to me, she said, What? When I heard you were going to Zwebra, I said, Ah, why? What is wrong with them? Why are they going there? You see, even the politicians don't care about the, their own countries. Where they are the leaders. They don't, they, don't, they don't even care. So it takes the mighty Holy Spirit to touch you before you even think about like an island like Cuba or Haiti. Why should you care about Haiti? Why should you care about Cuba? Why should you care about Dominican Republic? Why should you care about Antigua? Why should you care about all these places? When you don't know anybody and it doesn't affect you, you are okay in your town. I would rather follow the Holy Spirit. I would rather be led by the mighty Holy Spirit. And no matter our needs here, we must lift up our eyes. And we must say, Lord, I trust you. As many as are led by your Spirit, they are the sons of God. Yes. And Jesus came on his mission. Oh, he did well. He never followed logic. He never followed money. He never followed riches. Even when a rich man came, money is a very dangerous thing. Those of you who are led by money, you see a, a rich man, I'm going to marry him because he's got money. You, you are in danger. You are in danger. Even when a rich man came to join Jesus, Jesus told him, no, no, no. Go and sell. Go and sell your money, your houses and your things. And then don't donate it to the ministry. Donate it to the poor. And come naked. Come just with your jacket and your little hand luggage. And let's work. What? You don't want my money? No, I don't want your money. Oh, oh it can really help. <laughs> don't worry. God will take care of us. What? Yes, what? Yes, what? If it was pastors today, they would have told the, they would have told the rich man. You know, I, originally, I, I, originally I wanted to have just, I mean, uh, 12 disciples but when I saw you, I realized we should have 13 disciples. 
I just received a word of knowledge to increase my disciples to 13. So you are going to be the 13th. And I want you to be in charge of finances. Watch me closely. You rarely see a rich man around me. My, my friends are pastors. Oh yeah. I have millionaires in the church. I dedicate cars, even planes. One, one of my church members said, come and dedicate my airplane. Wow. Yeah. I went to the airport. They made me wear the, the yellow thing. Went on board. The pilots and everything were on the plane. Big passenger plane. Boeing something. So I said, how, 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 how do I do this? They gave me, you see the, the microphone that they hold to announce, ladies and gentlemen, we'll soon be landing at Kingston International Airport. They gave it to me, so I held it. I said, let us pray, everybody. <laughs> wow. And I dedicated a plane through the, through the microphone on the plane, yeah. Yeah, like an air hostess, I was holding it and talking to them. All, the, all of them, the pilots and the people, they were all sitting in the plane. Yeah, white people, they were all there. So, let us pray. Yeah. And you see, they, they cannot stand because you know how the church, I cannot easily stand there. Wow. But all these people, I don't, I, don't, I don't walk around with those. Let's go, Mr. Richman, I need you. I need you. I need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I need God. I need the Holy Spirit. I need God. Hallelujah. Through thou, through thy commandment have made me wise. Thou, through thy commandment have made me wise. As many as are led by the Spirit. If you want to go on a mission, you want to attempt great things for God, don't attempt it with your own wisdom. You you will fail. Attempt it through the mighty leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's why when you meet the devil, you will not start cursing God. Oh God, why have you brought me here? Oh God, only bad things are happening to me since I started to obey you, since I started to follow you. Only bad things are happening if you really love me. Do you know how many people, how many children William Carey buried? Adoniram Jackson, William Carey buried eight, eight children. And his wife, he, he, arranged his, he arranged his wife, first wife, second wife, like that. Arranged them with children, one after the other. That was even one of the reasons that made his wife go bonkers on the mission field. Started accusing him of all kinds of things. Sleeping with the neighbor, sleeping with his associate wife, sleeping with servants, Indians, everything. Hey, but when one of the children died. Because you are not led by the spirit, when you meet the devil, you start crying, oh God, oh God, why did you bring me here? Oh God, oh God, you obviously didn't call me. Why are you here? Why? Because you are not led by the spirit. If you are led by the spirit and you meet the devil, you will not, you will not, you will not be deterred. Yes. If you read the stories, you, you, you start crying. The things that happen to them. But through the, through their lives. Oh, they did something. Something wonderful. When you read the story of Jesus with a certain eye and a heart, you start, you will cry. Recently, I was reading about that. My only response was to kneel down and beg. When I read the part, we said, and then they asked for Barabbas. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I mean, I know it, but it was like it was like it was like a film I was watching. I just jumped on my knee. We beg. I said, Lord, we beg. Hey, what is this? I said, no, give us Barabbas. I said, what? No, it cannot be happening. But it was happening. I started to beg the Lord. 
that he, he shouldn't, he shouldn't, he shouldn't, he shouldn't look at what we did. Hey, you think you wouldn't have done it? Thank God you were not alive during those days. You would have been, you would have been Pontius Pilate number two, who cannot tell the truth when you see the truth standing before you. Even our small, small issues, we don't tell the truth. You will be led by the mighty Holy Spirit. Sit down.
Fantastic. Yeah. Too fantastic. What a blessing. Amen. Amen.